Dan and Corey here, welcoming you in to Libservative. I said, I don't know shit about politics. I just know that no matter what one side does, the other side tries to object it. But when it comes to shit that doesn't help me or you, they always seem to be in lockstep with silly things like that. Which is pretty goes, which No, is but they're pretty different. accurate. <laughs> and then I spent four years filing politics. And then it was like recently, I was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I was right all along. <laughs> Why did I do this? All right. Welcome in to Libservative, the show that functions to make thinking sexy again. We are your favorite intellectual idiots. He's Corey Walsh. And he is Dan Griffin. And this and we got is... got a pretty exciting show for you tonight. Absolutely. This is Libservative. You can find us on Twitter and all uh, social platforms at LibservativePod. And, uh, oh, that was an abrupt, that was an abrupt ending. Sorry. We're just, we're doing this on our own. We can't, uh, can't, can't be perfect every time. Can't be a perfect production every single time. Corey Walsh, we do have a, uh, a lot to discuss as we seem to have every week on a fun Friday. The first thing that I, we have to touch on just real quick, and it's interesting because I actually kind of like this guy, but we had a discussion during our show prep meeting on Tuesday about uh, one Jordan Peterson. Now, I, I understand that there are some people listening that might look at my face and see that I'm a white man, and it, it, me acknowledging that I like Jordan Peterson, that might uh, bring up uh, a little bit of a stereotype because, you know, he only talks to white males, apparently. However, doesn't matter. Corey and I had this conversation. We decided that Jordan Peterson is a huge bitch, but a necessary bitch, I think, was our, our actual. Uh, I think that was there was a direct quote from both of us as we were getting drunk uh, on a Tuesday evening before we had to get up and work the next day. We love Jordan Peterson. He just cries a lot. Why does he cry so much? It's okay. I get it. Like I cry sometimes too, but like not I in public. Not in public like that all the time, right? <laughs> no, people would probably really think there was something wrong. <laughs> Like what's wrong with your chemical imbalance, bud? <laughs> Nothing. Just make. I mean, Tim Dillon went a little bit harder. No, 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 my answer would be it's not immediately clear to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's not immediately clear to me. It's so. We have to. We, I, I got to give, give credit to Tim Dillon from his show. Uh, or, I think it was. It was last week, right after Peterson was on Rogan's show, uh, when he. Did the best showed up with the bow tie. He did the best terrible impression of Jordan Peterson that I've ever heard. Like, like it didn't actually sound anything like Jordan Peterson, but the, his cadence and the things that he said were absolutely perfect. <laughs> what do you got? A little yeah, feedback no, going there. No, that was me. I'm. Uh, I was about to share the feed. We love Jordan Peterson, but we had to. We had to say that uh, you know maybe this is a bit of a. Uh, a misogynistic thing to say, but you know, he's, he's a bitch, but a necessary bitch. He cries a lot. It's, yeah. okay, it's okay to cry if you're a man, but in public over as many things as he does, it's a lot. It's a little strange. Yeah. Yeah. So me personally, 
at the sake of sounding like a bitch, if you put it then. <laughs> I should I really clean up lot. my language before but we like, start the show. God damn. Like, Jordan, you're just giving the other side fodder. You don't have to, you don't have to, you don't have to cry over giraffes or whatever it is that he, like, he that he talked about that. Well, I guess it ago. depends. Are giraffes like dying? Like, I might cry if I see someone fucking up a bar. <laughs> someone just said crop dust Jordan Peterson in the fucking comments. It's not immediately clear to me what the smell of that <laughs> fart actually is. It is not immediately clear to me. Where this scent is coming from? That fart That's... smells so bad that you don't know <laughs> you don't know what the smell actually is. <laughs> That's funny, Dan. I'm half in the bag already, man. Me too, this man. Is f- this is uh. So for all the new listeners, anyone who hasn't listened to the last couple of shows, I've been in a dry January, self-imposed. And as soon as February first hit, Dan saw me in the show prep a couple of days ago. I showed up with my drink, and I was like, yes, time to get back onto the chemical dependency train. As we talked about Jordan Peterson, I, of course, am drinking my my traditional dirty martini. Two olives like, this evening, though, Corey. I got some Basil Hayden's bourbon right here, and I'm also drinking some Pigeon Hill salted caramel porters. I'd recommend that. Those are just ugh, salted caramel porter. porter. If, you're, if you're a porter fan... Drink that Pigeon Hill. Which I'm telling I, you, you won't regret it. Which I am not. Where are we starting this evening, Corey Walsh? Uh, I would like to start, because I, I, I have been doing a deep dive into this. Obviously, a, a major talking point in new media, uh, traditional, illiberal, ill-conservative, horrible, mainstream media. Boy, Joe Rogan's name's come up an awful lot, hasn't it, Corey? It sure has, Dan. <laughs> and you listen to Joe, it sure and you go, has. You listen to Joe, and he always goes, "I, I, I don't get it. Like, I just, I just like to talk to people. Like, he's, 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 a, he's an admitted uh, total idiot, bro. And that's what, um, that's what we all love about him, isn't it? Yeah, an auto. What is it called? An, an auto tribe. What is that? The word with someone who's a self learner. Uh, something like that doesn't matter. Yeah, but he's a very curious. He's a, he's a curious guy. You and I listen to Joe quite often. He's a curious guy. He likes. He's a learning guy. But what we what we definitely know is that, and we talked about this a little bit last week, and so I'll recap a little bit here. What we definitely know is that Joe and his guests, uh, they just get on and they just bullshit. That's all they do. They just talk for two, three, four hours about you know whatever the topic at hand is, whether the guest wrote a book, this, that, whatever, doesn't matter. But what we know is that Joe and his guests, at least that I've ever seen, and I've, I've seen a lot of his shows, I've listened to a lot of his shows, they never openly lie to their listeners, right? Like they've been wrong. They've gotten yeah, it's things. Yeah, not a conscious lie. Yeah, they, they've gotten things wrong. They're riffing, and Joe will openly on his show if he doesn't think something is right, or even if his guest doesn't think something is right about what Joe said, they will immediately turn to Young Jamie, and Young Jamie will proceed to pull up the the Google machine and you know figure out what was wrong about what was said. What's that website? Pull that shit up, Jamie.com. Yeah, something like that. So, <laughs> so you 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 never get open lies out of Joe nope. Rogan's show, but you do 
out of places like CNN and MSNBC. <laughs> Ukraine, <laughs> Iraq. <laughs> you, Ukraine's the newest one. Flint um, water crisis. Flint water crisis. Uh, basically, any war or military incursion that the United States has ever had, uh, there have been open lies. Uh, and it's not just CNN and, and MSNBC. I mean, Fox News has also lied. It's all about you know perpetuating the, the this military machine uh, that we have. Um, but what I have seen out of uh, the limousine liberal left, for any new listeners, I feel like I have to say this every time. I do consider myself a leftist, but I don't consider myself the leftist that you know the that these people tell me to be. You don't prescribe to all that knee-jerk, emotionally charged no. uh, identity politics. So the illiberal limousine liberal left likes to always come up with these ad hom arguments or uh, these excuses for why what they're doing is okay. And in this situation, it is the quote-unquote censorship of Joe Rogan. Um, let's pull Joe down from Spotify or demand that Spotify be done with Joe. Uh, and the newest argument that I've seen this week is that, okay, the left wants to pull down Joe Rogan from Spotify, but conservatives... What are conservatives doing, Corey? Conservatives want to ban books. And I looked at that and I said, okay, let's let's just see how true this is. And what I can tell you is this. I've done a little bit of a deep dive into this. And I can tell you that no legitimate thinker on the conservative side of things that I've that I have respect for, I at least I should say, has said anything about banning any book. In fact, no conservative quote-unquote thinker that I don't respect, i.e. the Glenn Becks, the Tucker Carlsons of the world, nobody's advocating for the banning of books. Now, where is this coming from? This is coming from a, uh, a, a Tennessee um, school district. That's the word I was looking for. A Tennessee school district that has decided to unanimously, 10 to 0, ban a book called Mouse. M-A-U-S. This is a graphic graphic novel by uh, Art Spiegelman that portrays Jews as mice and Nazis as cats. And it is a story about the atrocities of the Holocaust. Yeah, a simile to represent the atrocities that happened in World War II. So, what are what is this school district saying about this book? They're saying that there's nudity in it, and there is some really strange nudity in it. It's like this humanoid <laughs> mouse. Mice. Yeah, it's like this humanoid <laughs> mouse with a bare tit. And I've always been in the advocate. I've always been an advocate of you know, for for the longest time, like tits are not the enemy. Like tits are your friend. So I don't I don't really understand that one. There, yeah, honestly, Dan, as a man, I can actually say yeah, I, I agree with that. As a man, as a baby, it doesn't matter. Like they're boobs. They're just boobs. That's as, all they are. As a cis straight male, tits are cool. I don't think it Jot should that. matter. Like if you're a woman, Jot or, that down. 
if if you're a woman, if you're if you're trans, if you're a child, it doesn't matter. Like tits have always been your friend. It just that's just this is part of reality. Some of the other objections to this book have been things like violence. Apparently, they show kids dying. I have not read this novel. Uh, there's apparently some profanity in this. Uh, oh no! Can't have profanity. Oh man! So, uh, Vice or I'm sorry, was it Vice? Hang on. What did I say? It was. It wasn't Vice. It was uh, Slate. Slate did uh, uh, an interview with a woman named Emily Knox, who is an associate professor at the University of Illinois and the author of a book that was written in 2015 called Book Banning the 21st Century in America. Now, I read this entire interview, and I have to tell you that Emily Knox is somebody that I agree with, but also disagree with. Um, Emily goes on to say in this interview, we are seeing a rise in book challenges. And that kind of makes sense to me right, Corey, in the internet age? Like, doesn't it just kind of make sense that, like, it just goes more viral that, hey, this book is bad, so we should ban it? Yeah, yeah, no, it happens all the time. There was actually a book called uh, American Dirt, and uh, people were calling for it to be, like, pulled off the shelves and stuff because it was a white woman that wrote a book about a Mexican, no, uh, yeah, was it Mexican? Yeah, yeah, Mexican family. I couldn't remember if they're what Latin country they're from at first, but yeah, a Mexican family that was trying to evade the cartel and escape to North America. And because she was white, everyone just disregarded her fictional book. Ah, yes. And said it was cultural appropriation. And that actually brings me to the next point because uh, Emily Knox also goes on to say in this interview that while there's a rise in book challenges in various jurisdictions and school districts that it's not all coming from the right and what's interesting about that is the fact that if you go and you actually read this interview from slate which we'll put in the show notes below she actually is remarkably to the left culturally which you can read Towards the towards the end of the interview, but she 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 goes on to mention a quote unquote turf book, a trans exclusionary radical feminist book. What the book I think she's referring to, I don't know, but the thing book I think she's referring to is Abigail Schreier's book, Irreversible Damage, which was banned on Amazon for a short time. Um, it's since been put back on Amazon. You can get it there. Um, but there's a petition right now that I pulled up on Change.org to ban Abigail Schreier's book because it's supposedly uh, anti-trans and, and and super hateful. If you don't know anything about this book, essentially what this book is, is about, uh, you know, mothers, parents um, being, being worried about young girls and this um, short onset gender dysphoria that is happening among young girls. It's gone up something like 3,000, I don't know the number, but it's gone up a, a major percentage just in the last few years. And Abigail Schreier only wrote this book because she was a journalist that people felt that like they could, parents particularly of young girls felt like they could reach out to with concerns. Um, and and it's, it's, to me, Corey, it's legitimate. It's, you know, you can understand if you had a young daughter that was, you know, nine years old and said, you know, people at school are saying that they're 
They, they, they feel like, you know, her friends at school, her lady friends at school feel like they're boys. And maybe she feels the same way, too. I mean, it's it's not necessarily an anti-trans thing. But if you're a parent and you have a, a, a have a daughter that's nine years old that says something like that, you're going to you're going to be taken aback by it. Don't you think? I mean, you have you have a young yeah, boy. And I'm, we're in an environment to where it's like if you push back on that, you're cubbyholed into a corner to where you are anti-trans. The in- and the interesting about thing about that is I actually have a direct cousin. Um, you know, I won't give his name, but uh, he was born a girl, uh, and and recently transitioned at the age uh, of nineteen. And and I can tell you that I watched this young man grow up. Um, and I could see it. I I could see it. Uh, at first he referred to himself as a lesbian. That was the first step, which is normal, right? That's normal. And then, you know, when he finally had the chance to grow up a little bit and really make a decision, he decided to transition. And we all support him in that. However, had he decided to make that decision at the age of nine, and his parents had been like, well, we're going to, you know, block, you know his puberty we're gonna we're, you know we're gonna you know m- make sure that uh he doesn't uh you know make sure we put him on hormones at, a, at an incredibly young age i don't know that myself and the rest of my family would have necessarily supported that but he had his journey in fact at some point i would actually like to have this young man on our show to talk about this um we kind of got into the weeds there a little bit but this is a book that's being supposedly banned by the left. Yeah, and it's funny you actually mentioned that because the book I was just talking about was the same thing. Banned by the left. It was, yeah, it was people on the left that were calling it cultural appropriation and trying to say that this book shouldn't be pr- uh, promoted as much as it was because of the fact that it was written by a white woman about Mexican families. And it, it's funny because right now, have you seen this stuff with uh, Peter Dinklage at all? Yes, about uh, <laughs> when, we, when you want to talk about cultural appropriation. I don't even know what the term is anymore. Is it still little people? Is it? I don't know. I think so. But they that uh, you know seven actors who are little people potentially losing their jobs now <laughs> <laughs> because of Peter Dinklage. I saw this thing. It was Babylon B, and it said Disney is changing the. <laughs> The title of the movie from Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs to Snow White and the Seven Little People are pissed off because now they're in the unemployment line. <laughs> and that and that's and that's just it, right? So it's and like the reason they've been bringing that up and joking about it is because those actors who were hired for those positions are pissed. They're pissed at Peter Dinklage. Well, the thing that's here interesting he about is that a is a very successful actor. Yeah, it's 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 the story of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, and it's viewed as you know whatever it is anti-dwarfism or anti-little... I, I, I apologize if I'm using the wrong verbiage here. It's hard to keep up in 2022. Verbiage landmines everywhere you walk. Yeah. Careful. So, you know, Peter Dinklage thinks he speaks for all dwarf people with dwarfism. Everybody. Is that what I we're to it. understand? I guess and so, yeah. Snow White and the Seven Dwarves was a cartoon. 
You know what I mean? It wasn't like <laughs> it obviously wasn't meant to make fun of people he with dwarfism. Just pissed because he didn't get the role for the angry for the angry dwarf. Grumpy. God damn it. <laughs> Peter Dinklage didn't get grumpy, so he's upset. Cancel. <laughs> oh wow, yeah, that one, that 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 comment might have gotten us in trouble a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I've lost anyway, it. Anyway, cut my life into pieces. This is my last resort. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect segue. No, anyway, moving on. Uh, so, yeah, Emily Knox's whole point was that, like, you know, it's not all the left, or I'm sorry, it's not all the right that's banning these books. And, and where the comparison of book banning to petitioning Spotify to censor Joe Rogan falls apart. Okay. Yeah, and you're right, and it's 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 interesting how the like right now, especially like pages like Occupy Democrats, you know, this whole left movement of not I don't want to say left, this whole liberal, you know, the luxury liberals that we talk about, limousine liberals. These people aren't the actual leftists that are uh, segregating, like segmenting the different things, and they're trying to ban free speech from people who have podcasts like we do, but then also condemn print that's trying to be banned. And it's like, they're both kind of the same thing. It's people expressing their opinion just because one is in like verbiage and one is actually on paper. It really doesn't make a difference. Well, if that I makes mean, sense what I'm saying. No, it does. But where, where it falls apart is... Right here. So where the comparison of book banning to petitioning Spotify to censor Joe Rogan falls apart. First of all, it's like this two, somehow these, these two wrongs make a right uh, argument it, it, because I don't agree with either of these things. Like I don't agree with this Tennessee uh, 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 school district banning mouse. And I, I don't agree with that at all, but here's, here, here's the difference, right? So, Mouse and and other book bannings traditionally are localized. We're, you know, we're literally pointing to one school district in Tennessee here that's banning this book. Now, I can I can already hear somebody that defends deplatforming Joe Rogan on the other side going, "Well, we're just asking Spotify to do it. We're just asking Spotify yeah. to do it. We're not yeah. asking everybody to do it. We're just we're not asking, asking Spotify for censorship. To do it. But if Spotify doesn't do exactly what we want, we're just going to try to cancel them and try to do all this sort of stuff. And the other thing That's is free enterprise. Th- th- yeah, and we'll get to that in a second. But the quote unquote book banning is dealing with children in a school setting, right? It it, it isn't. This this isn't something that's new. All these kids still have access to this book. You can like if parents say, "I don't support this. Ba- I don't support this book banning." They can easily, in various places, buy this book for this child, for their child, if they really want them to read that book. All these kids still have access to the book, just not in school, right? So, the same goes for pornography, which is also banned in school, right? Like you can't you can't teach porn in school either to children. <laughs> Uh, no, you have to use a proxy server to find it on the computers <laughs> in high school. 
you I don't, don't know if you know that. I don't think we have any listeners under eighteen, but I remember in high school. Was, I don't I know if you could. I don't know if you could still do that. <laughs> Use a proxy server to watch porn at school. But when it comes to the and when it comes to the the quote unquote banning of books and the banning of mouse in particular, which is the the book that started this uh, this particular argument for why it's okay to silence Joe Rogan. You don't have state corporatized prob- propaganda news outlets spreading lies about a book like Mouse in an effort to get unthinking flocks of idiots to rail against free speech nationwide. That's not happening. Yeah, you're right. It is. It's way more local. It's like in that little sect right there in Tennessee. It's not and- a it's not a nationwide thing like the whole nationwide movement towards uh, Joe Rogan, which actually they brought this up on Breaking Points recently. Now, correlation is not causation. And I'm going to have everyone bear with me, you know, throw on your tinfoil hat real quick. I got to get some tinfoil in this room. Li- we do. We need to have tinfoil hats made so yeah. we can just like visually put them on when we say things like this. Because it's it's kind of funny and I'm sure it has nothing to do with it. But the fact that hypnotic. That's enough. Put down the mic. You ready for this real quick? Hypnotic, who owns Neil Young's catalog, just recently merged with Blackstone, which is one of the biggest real estate investment companies in America. They, uh, like I said, they just merged with uh, your. What happened to you, Dan? You look am, frozen. Am I gone? Anyways, can you hear me? <laughs> yeah, I can hear you. Okay, I can't hear you. <laughs> That's uh, weird. So Hypnotic and Blackstone, they just merged recently, and Blackstone just got a new CEO who was one of the higher-ups in Pfizer. Now, if Joe Rogan's on Spotify with a narrative that is skeptical of the vaccine, and then the CEO of Pfizer is now a part of Blackstone, who owns Hypnotic, who owns the music, the Neil Young, and now Neil Young is the one saying, oh, we need to get rid of <laughs> Joe uh, Joe Rogan. It's just it's just it's comical to me that you just can't make this shit up. Yeah, and <laughs> there, follow the money, right, Corey? Uh oh, I don't hear anything you're saying. Uh oh, refresh real fast. Uh oh, Corey's gonna refresh. Don't worry, we have a, a, an extremely low budget here on this show. So, anyways, it just seems like if you want to keep the let's keep the tinfoil hats on while we wait for Dan to get back. Is it seems there might possibly maybe be some sort of monetary uh, influence that's making him decide to choose <laughs> where he's going with this kind of thing, but. Also, one other caveat is the fact that Neil Young is also an audiophile, which means that he is super big on like the way audio sounds. Now, when it comes to a musician like that, they have an ear and a knack for that type of for for a sound for music. And Spotify doesn't necessarily have the greatest sound that is out there. And when you have someone like Neil Young, who's one of those type of people who's putting tape on the wall and adjusting speakers and moving them at certain angles just to get that perfect sound in his room, 
he might be a little pissed off about Spotify not having his music. And I kind of understand that because I'm one of those nerds that really, really believes in the idea that vinyl records sound way, way better than like any sort of compressed music on MP3. Even a waveform doesn't even compare to uh, to a a vinyl record. But ultimately, whether it's either a monetary gain or a quality thing, I think at the end of the day, Neil Young personally, it's more about his uh, his relevancy. Because we're talking about a guy who wrote, once wrote a song called Keep on Rockin' in the Free World. And he went from Keep on Rockin' in the Free World to now trying to ban... I'm back! People, He's back! <laughs> I was talking about how Neil Young is actually also... <clears throat> it's either... Uh, I said that it's the, the conspiracy theory where he's trying to gain a monetary value because of his catalog with uh, Blackstone, or it's also has a little bit something to do with because he's always had something. He's always had a bit of a uh, disdain for Spotify because of the quality of music, and he's an audiophile. And yeah. I kind of relate to that. And I was talking about how I kind of relate to that because when you listen to a vinyl versus a wave or an MP3, a vinyl just shits all over both of them. Is that true? Yeah, I'll have you over, man. I swear to God, I will play you the same music of a song off of the phone or, you know, through Bluetooth or anything like that. And then you put it on a vinyl and it just, you can hear it's It's weird. You can, it sounds warmer. The, the, the highs and lows and the value of the music is just way different. All right, Neil Young. But yeah, and then I was also saying how I think it might just be something to do with relevancy because he's just an old man who just wants to be relevant. And him and Joni Mitchell. <clears throat> yeah, it's look. Bottom line is neither one of these things are okay. All right, now let's take the tinfoil hats off. Okay, back to book burning. I'm here, and back to censorship. I'm right here. It's uh, it's not right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and and so now that we're actually talking about these. <laughs> Technical difficulties, and we're back at it again. Um, He's got a great memory, this guy. Yeah, I do. I, I didn't. I never left. It's <laughs> <laughs> the first time it's been my fault, not yours. I don't know what the hell happened there. Yeah, I know. I'm hardwired. Me too. Mm-mm-mm. Thanks, Biden. Yeah. Thanks, thanks, Uncle Joe. But yeah, I, 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 I always found it curious of how like how quick one side or the other wants to uh, ban something that makes them uncomfortable, but then explain away their side doing it when the other side calls them out and puts them to task and asking them why that they're doing that. See, when it comes to Joe Rogan though, it's, it's, it's so easy. It's just, it's money. Like they just like the, the, the mainstream media just doesn't understand the corporate media. I'm not going to even call them mainstream anymore because Joe Rogan's mainstream. Um, yeah, Joe Rogan, Jimmy Dore, Breaking Points, uh, even Tim Pool, you know, uh, uh, Kyle Kalinske and uh, Crystal Ball, their show. All of these shows get more views than like corporate media. It it just it just has to do with them not understanding. Like, and, th- and there have been. I, I wish I could pull up the tweets that I've seen, but there have been a few tweets from people that would be in that corporate media that have said. 
Maybe we should start questioning why Joe Rogan is so popular. Oh no, and... that was that was Kat Rosenthal. Was it Kat okay. Rosenfield? Kat Rosenfield, yeah. She's a she's a New York uh Times bestseller and uh she's a novelist and she was a culture writer. And she's the one that said that. And it's funny you say that actually because she actually put out a tweet on uh t- or put, yeah, put out a tweet on Twitter with a poll and it said, Okay, let's do this. A poll for Joe Rogan listeners only. Did you get the COVID vaccine? And if anyone has better data sources than this, please give it in replies. Uh, 43% is vaxxed. 9% is unvaxxed. And 48% said, not a Joe Rogan guy. (laughs) (laughs) And so basically, (laughs) like, it looks like it has absolutely, whatever is being said, on uh, Joe Rogan's show has absolutely zero impact on someone who has already made the decision on either be pro-vax or anti-vax. And we were talking about this in a couple episodes ago when we were talking about Marjorie Taylor Greene. And the only reason we even listened to her on the Tim Pool podcast is because the way everyone's treating her and her being censored. Me and you went into it listening to it, thinking she was an idiot. And guess yep. what? She's an idiot. We came out thinking she was an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> she didn't change my fucking mind. She just solidified my opinion. 100%. And it's like nobody is on their way to work or on their way to go get the vaccine listening to Joe Rogan and then hearing like Dr. Robert Malone. And, and then taking that traditional that. that taking that traditional Michigan left. <laughs> that yeah, and then all of a sudden pulling over, like shaking and hyperventilating, wiping the sweat <laughs> off their brow going, holy shit, I can't believe I almost did that. Thank you, Joe Rogan. And then tweeting at him. And then, so back to uh, Kate Rosenfield, she said, a follow-up, again, Rogan listeners only, was your decision to get vaccinated or not influenced by Joe Rogan? 5% said vaxxed, yes, <laughs> and they're vaccinated, and 5% <laughs> that their influence was from Joe Rogan. 73% said they're vaxxed, and no. Dude, and that's the thing, that's the thing about, that's the thing about, uh, about Joe Rogan that makes because people want to like the, the, the he's Ill- the next Trump. It's just he's a, he's the target of the corporate media, uh, for a a uh, like a straw man, something to attack to keep themselves. Yeah, relevant. and people want to put him in the same. I don't. I just use the term people for lack of a better term, but people put him in like that this same category as like an Alex Jones. You know what I mean? It's like. Listen to an episode of Alex Jones's show and listen to an episode. You don't even have to listen to five minutes of each of these shows to understand how unbelievably different they are. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. And it's it's interesting because Joe Rogan has had Alex Jones on his show. Which and the whole time he's just telling him to calm down. <laughs> for four hours. It's just four hours of Joe Rogan telling... Tell him to tell calm Alex down Jones to calm down and getting wasted with him on whiskey, and that's hilarious. <laughs> I don't think great. even Alex Jones should be censored. If someone is like so out there that they things that Alex Jones says is legitimate, then I'm sorry, silencing him isn't going to make any lick of difference. No, Corey, and that's and that's 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 the major difference between the you know the the, the quote unquote book banning and the attempted censorship <clears throat> of Joe Rogan. Which is that Joe Rogan is is literally just having conversations. That's all it is. It's opinions, and you know what you do? You challenge those opinions with other opinions and objective basis based in fact. 
Joe Rogan has literally corrected himself and been proven wrong on his show so many times. And he goes, oh, shit, you're right. <laughs> you think CNN is going to do that? Never. You think Fox News is going to do Never. that? Never. Those people spout fucking misinformation and lies all the time. Look at this Ukraine shit. CNN and Fox News and MS. Oh, and actually, well, not Tucker Carlson. He's the only one that's actually getting it right out of all of them. Before we get into that, though, Corey, is Whoopi Goldberg okay? I don't know. She's silenced right now. <laughs> Uh, should I get into my monologue? I actually wrote a monologue. Go ahead. About that. Go ahead. Let, let's hear the monologue first. Okay. Here we go. So wish me luck because I wrote this out and I haven't read it out loud yet. So I don't know what my cadence is going to sound like in this one. The moral significance of a belief derives from the purpose to which it was put. That's a quote from a Thomas Sowell book. And honestly, I'm not sure if it was a quote he found and put in the book, Black, Black Rednecks and White Liberals, or his own words. But it has a powerful, insightful thought provocation regardless. In layman's terms, it basically it's, basic, it's basically stating that the opinion or belief someone holds should be measured based on the intention of what they are trying to convey. Was what is being implied an honest opinion with the purpose of what one would consider a virtuous endeavor in good faith, or from a place of ill will, distrust, or downright hatred? Was it out of lack of context, knowledge of the subject, or being subjective to an opinionated bubble? Or was it willful ignorance, outright anger shrouded in preconceived biases that cloud the judgment of separating fact from emotion? When someone expresses an opinion on a very emotionally charged subject, should we take the time to take these thoughts into considerations before we have a knee-jerk reaction? The not-so-obvious answer is yes, but in a reactionary society of fast-paced information, the standard operating procedure is to be one of the first to have a response to missteps and shortcomings. A society where we worry more about our responses to what someone said before we digest what they're actually trying to say. Whoopi Goldberg was recently suspended for two weeks from her position as one of the hosts on The View. She came from a position that the atrocities the Nazis inflicted on the Jewish community was aberrant, but disregarded it but disregarded it was about race and instead stated it was about humans treating humans inhumanely. She's not wrong. Now, before I get canceled from The View for two weeks myself, I'll add the caveat that she's missing key factors like quotes from Hitler himself stating the Jews were an inferior race. But she's on point when it comes to people treating each other as subhuman based on what we should consider trivial in our never-ending strive as the human race to progress. But is her personally having a lack of knowledge on the subject worth silencing her when this could have been an opportunity to, opportunity to be a learning experience? What a better platform than The View to educate not only Whippy, but all of The View's viewers on the subject of the Holocaust and all of the disgusting events it entails. If someone entrenched in hot-button topics such as race has shortcomings like this, what of the average American? The ones with the voice too small to be canceled and the ones that have no concept of what happened almost 80 years ago. Why not bring on experts to the show to enlighten the cast and audience to bring perspective? Whoopi is not alone in this battlefield of censorship. The last two weeks, there has been a concerted attack on another host of a more popular show. Joe Rogan is under attack for having guests on his show that have opinions that cut across the grain of the mainstream narrative. Are they wrong? Misguided? Quite possibly. But in a free society, that is up to the individual to decide these options, not a gatekeeper. Every shortcoming in ill-conceived ideology is a learning opportunity if approached properly with a counterpoint contrived in integrity and objectiveness based in fact. 
We all human. We are all human, and we all have shortcomings, regardless of ideologies. And we are all learning to navigate this rock we live on as we hurl through space, trying to find our place in the world. Some want to be heard and feel their opinions are important to be to be a part of the conversation, even if they are wrong. In fact, wrong opinions are just as important, so we have the base to, the basis to extinct to distinguish the good from the bad. Instead of the easy pass of shutting people up. Let's take the time to remember the moral significance of a belief derives from the purpose to which it was put and educate each other on and educate each other instead of shutting each other up because their truths do not co- because their truths cohabitate with ours. Siling- silencing each other doesn't stop opinions. They keep them from being challenged. And that's that that's all I have. <laughs> I wrote it short, but it's like it just it kills me. Because, like, Whoopi Goldberg had this weird, unstructured, like, shitty little thought she had coming out on The View. And everyone didn't really challenge her on the show when they should have. It should have been a conversation that they actually had on the show. Yeah, it was. didn't really say anything. It was, like, it was this clunky, this clunky way of saying that, like, hey, uh racists and and bigots you know hate or it's it's easier to hate black people than it is to hate jews it, it's well you figure someone who's coming from a position where she uh only really knows race from her own personal perspective as a black woman it is skin deep here in america racism is skin deep you know, like we obviously we have white supremacists and crazy motherfuckers in our country that like, oh, you know, fuck the Jews, and they're fucking batshit crazy. And I, one of my favorite pastimes is watching videos of Nazis getting punched. But <laughs> no, and it's 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 a great it's a great uh, look into the idea that we 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 can only experience lives from our own skin. Our, we can only experience the world from our own skin. Like, right, and because then, it, it's that it's that whole you know you're 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 white so you're privileged and it's and I and I go you know I un- I understand that I I really do and you you've you've expressed the same sentiment Corey like yeah we we get that the fact that we are white non Jewish people in America makes us privileged I understand that you understand yeah. that yeah, yeah but no, I can't yeah. there's, experience there's absolutely a privilege that we get like now I now. Now, in saying that, everything that doesn't take away anything from everything I've worked for. No, and I grew it, up poor as shit. I had to work hard for everything I have, but my skin color was not a speed bump or a barrier to get to what I had. Correct to what it could possibly be for somebody else. And we we can't experience the world in any other way. You know, even even being white cisgendered heterosexual men. It, it like, the, 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 you know, it's 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 this idea that we have to make enemies out of these people just for, you know, being what they were born as. Like that's still, that's still. I I, I don't want to use I don't want to use racism as the term, but th- there's still some weird uh, idea that even if you're born the way we are as white men. That there's still some weird, uh, what what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, I don't want to use racism as a term, but there's <clears throat> there's some weird hypocrisy in that way that like 
you should just realize what you are and, and what you have is better, uh, uh, that you're better off and, 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 and fix the world. And it's like, well, I can't just because I'm, just because I'm white, I can't fix that. That was a really clunky yeah. way to say that, but. Okay, Whoopi. <laughs> she was clunky too, but I hope so, you understand like, what I'm saying. Like, it's not, it's, it's just, it's the, the fact that I'm a, a cisgendered white male heterosexual doesn't make me responsible for everything. I'm just one person. Yeah, no, and it's actually like, and she even elaborated more on the, uh, the Stephen Colbert show when she said that, uh, She's like, if I'm standing next to a white Jewish person and the KKK is coming down the street, she goes, I'm going to run. The white Jewish person can stand there because they're not going to immediately just assume who they are based on their skin color. And she went on to talk about how the people, the Jewish people in uh, Germany, they had to actually wear yellow stars to like show who they are. But it's still, it's, a position of, I don't want to say ignorance, but lack of knowledge. Because if you ask any Jewish person who they are, like what their race is, they're not going to say, whoop, Israeli. They're not going to say white. They're going to say Jewish. Mm-hmm. And Hitler himself actually said that Jewish people are of the inferior race. So it's just a lack of education for her. So what the show should have done is bring on an educated person in this field to explain this to not only her, but their big ass audience and gain perspective because just shutting this down and shutting this whole argument up isn't doing shit if that makes sense no it does and you know it's 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 just interesting that she got suspended right and so yeah, it's racism, like not racism, but race is more than skin. It has, you know, it has a little bit to do with culture and ethnicity and things like that. Like, you know, we have white people in Asia. In if you want to throw it under a blanket, you, you could use the word prejudice to throw it under. Yeah, you know, you know, you know. It, it's funny because you know what she kind of did. It's something that actually like white people are uh, accused of, and it's looking at looking through the lens at another race through a monolithic scope. That oh well, they're all white. They're all just white. When you can say the same thing about black people, oh, they're all just black. You know, when we have black people from islands, we have black people from Africa, we have black people from different countries in Africa, and it's just painting a group of people in a monolithic uh, scope just shows a lack of I don't know, maybe culture, education on the actual uh, topic that we're discussing. Now we have to get into the uh, capitalistic issue here when it comes to uh, Joe Rogan versus books. We don't have to spend a whole lot of time on it, but you know, you, you understand where I'm getting at here, right? Oh, you mean how like Neil Young tried to go against a hundred million dollar contract where you just <laughs> <laughs> Which in all reality, like please, please let Spotify cancel Joe Rogan. He'll take that a hundred million and create his own platform and he'll be like Jimmy Dora breaking points, and then he'll have no speed bumps whatsoever. Or I mean no bumpers. It's kind of this in mind. It's it's kind of this idea that it each 
each side claims capitalism, much like each side claims uh, the Constitution when it's convenient for them. Like canceling Joe Rogan on Spotify, it's just it's just the free market, Corey. It's just a free market free enterprise doing what it's supposed to do. And, and is sending and, Whoopi home to reflect also the free market. I. I, I guess. I don't think she should have been canceled. Agreed. You know, objectively. Suspended. Objectively, she, should, she wasn't canceled. Been, she was suspended, Corey. Right. But like for the last two weeks, you've been talking about censorship and canceling people and things like that and the attempts that are happening against Joe Rogan. If we're going to be consistent and objectively unbiased, then the same thing that's happening to Whoopi Goldberg is what they've been trying to do to Joe Rogan. Oh yeah, like so. So like, Spotify should have suspended him for two weeks. Yeah, yeah. I don't understand you, what they're trying to but do. But you know, like, you know that was just the network's uh, way of just kowtowing to the illiberal limousine liberal left, right? Like that's all that was. That wasn't. That didn't mean anything. They were always going to bring her back if she chooses to come back. If I'm with yeah, Goldberg word, at this I point, I'd probably quit. Unnamed sources from other people in the view saying that uh, they're all pissed off about what happened. But there's this, there's this, just this, this weird defense of, you know, trying to get Joe Rogan off Spotify that is centered in quote unquote capitalism. Oh, this is just, this is just, this is just capitalism. And it's, you know, uh, demanding a better product out of Spotify. That's what you do. You just demand a better product. And here's what I will say. I texted this to you the other day, Corey. If I don't like Burger King, if I go to Burger King and I have a Whopper and I don't like it, and I choose not to go back to Burger King, and I say, I can even go to Twitter and say, they had this Whopper. Fuck, it sucked. I fucking hate Whoppers. What is this shit? Nobody should go back to Burger King. That's not censorship. Oh, now I really want a Whopper. <laughs> <laughs> but if I go, if I go to the federal government, or if I go to CNN, or if I go to uh, you know anybody that has poll, and I say we need to cancel Burger King because I hated this Whopper, we need to we need to make sure that all Burger Kings are closed down because this Whopper sucked. We need to make and, and and by the way, if you like Whoppers and you like Burger King, you're, you're a, piece, a of piece of shit. <laughs> you are a horrible person, and you need to die. That is what we're going through with Joe Rogan. Yeah, yeah. It's if you even listen to Joe Rogan, you're killing people. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Whoppers actually are killing people. <laughs> right, you're right. They are. I mean, it's a, a a slow, agonizing pain that just tastes so goddamn good. <laughs> it's like heroin. Heroin's great. It kills you. It's not the no, same I'm thing. Not advocate, I'm not advocating heroin on this show. I am not advocating heroin. I will say that again. I am not advocating heroin. Joe Rogan would. He would. That misinformed piece of shit. <laughs> uh, House bill, Corey. For Ukraine, oh. we got to get into that. So, a House bill trying to fast track five hundred million dollars in defense aid to Ukraine—that is fucking not needed. 
after just two weeks ago, the State Department okayed Lithuania, Latvia, and, and Estonia to quote-unquote transfer weapons to Ukraine. Let's see if Lockheed Martin, Raytheon, and others are able to rearrange a deal to resupply those nations. Yeah, and this would be the actual, the third largest, like this would make Ukraine the third largest recipient of funding from the State Department, only surpassed surpassed by Israel and Egypt. (laughs) And it's over this old-timey bullshit uh, Cold War that has, like, that we shouldn't even be a part of anymore because like we've talked about this on the show before that it's about just trivial, just posturing chest beating between two people, two people who are in charge of nuclear buttons. And uh, the fun word is saber rattling, Corey saber rattling. Yeah. Yeah. They're both just saber rattling, but $500 million dollars. Uh, co-sponsors. So last week, House Foreign, I'm, lo- I'm on the intercept.com right now. The title of the article is Democrats are rushing through a massive Ukraine defense bill. And so last week, Foreign Affairs Committee Chair Gregory Meeks, a Democrat from New York, introduced the legislation which has 13 co-sponsors as a companion measure to the Senate. Senate's Defending Ukraine Sovereignty Act proposed earlier this month. The Senate bill introduced by Foreign Relations Committee Chair Bob Menendez boasts 41 41 Democratic co-sponsors, including Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer and Whip Dick Durbin. And they're all trying to throw together this bill that... Let me see if I can find the name of the bill. The name of the bill is... We can just make it up. Yeah, it's something about just defending Russia. I mean, defending Ukraine. Money to Ukraine for no reason, Bill. Yeah, and now the Republicans, who are fiscally conservative, have offered their own measure to where it's only $450 million. <laughs> <laughs> Now, it fucking kills me because whenever it's not about war, it's always, oh, where are we going to get the money from? Yeah. How are we going to pay for this? But we're about to spend half a billion dollars to a country that isn't NATO in a continent that's thousands of miles away. For what? Because Putin is a bad man, Corey. He's a bad man. Yeah, he's terrible for trying to defend his own sovereign country. His crime, by the way, that requires aid to go to a non-ally? Ukraine is not an ally of the United States. They're not an enemy, but they're also not an ally. His crime, Putin's crime, putting troops on his own border. Putting troops, positioning troops in his own country. And here's what's super fucking interesting, Corey. Tucker Carlson. You already know where I'm going with this. Tucker Carlson. Carlson, who I think is atrocious, has had very few good takes. Tucker Carlson asks this question, which is essentially, why can't a country move troops around their own country and even put it close to their own borders? Imagine if China essentially militarily controlled Mexico. 
what would we be doing? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We would be doing the same shit. I cannot, be- called, Corey, I cannot believe called, uh, that I just defended defending- Tucker Carlson, but I did because yep. Tucker got it right. The bill is called Defending Ukraine Sovereignty Act of 2022. <laughs> <laughs> what sovereignty? The sovereignty that we put in place in 2014 when we toppled the government and put in fucking Nazis. Neo Nazis. Neo Nazis run Neo-Nazis. Ukraine, by We're the way. defending Nazis in Ukraine right now and going to give them $500 million to fight the Russians in a country that's not our ally. $500 million. Meanwhile, mandating health care during a pandemic, though, you know, who's who's going to pay for that? We don't know. $500 million. Meanwhile, we still got people on Flint having to go to churches to get bottled water. <laughs> it just $500 million. Meanwhile, we have 58,000 miles of bridge deficient in our country. $500 million. Meanwhile, we have thousands and thousands of Americans in our country under crippling debt because teachers, the government, parents, news, and colleges all told them to go ahead. You're 17. Take on this $100,000 loan to pay for schooling that's going to get you an $18 an hour job. Also, uh, $500 million. President Zelensky. Well, meanwhile, Go ahead. we can't afford to just make sure everyone has just basic health care. $500 million. Meanwhile, while we still have people in rural communities who don't have basic internet and they have to drive to McDonald's to get Wi-Fi in a fucking pandemic just so their kids can get school. But we have to send this money keep going. to a non-ally. No, fifteen minutes on this bullshit. I don't need you to. Uh, <laughs> President of Ukraine, uh, Mr. Zelensky, meanwhile saying, uh, "Stop, <laughs> cool out, dude. You're not making this thing any better." And it's it's so it's so easy for me. It's so easy to figure out what the hell is going on here. I sounded like a leftist there, didn't I? You did. Uh, if you see it at the bottom, <laughs> Lockheed Martin and Raytheon salivate while poor Americans fight for health care. That's what this is about. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely what this they is don't about. They have the cash cow in Afghanistan anymore, so now they need to find a new one. So let's make a couple more quick bucks. Take a quick look. If you, lo- if you find an article anywhere online that is somehow supporting the idea of sending aid to Ukraine at this juncture, just... Take a really close look at the article you're reading. Go to the bottom. Is there maybe just a tiny italicized uh, print that says "sponsored by Lockheed Martin" or brought to you by General Dynamics? Brought to you by General Dynamics. Brought to you. <laughs> br- brought to you by Raytheon. Like it's 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 so easy to see what the hell is going on here, and it's it's it's. I mean, and and, and just, just to go back to our last topic, this is why people, this is why you are, you are shown from a, uh, a corporatized position, why people like Joe Rogan are evil, why people like Jimmy Dore are evil. Like we, like people like us to a smaller degree, because we have like five listeners are evil because we point these things out to you. Yeah. It's not Dan, it's, it's not even said, that hard to find. Who said bipartisanship is dead? They're all working together. The partisans? To to, yeah. I said, yeah, who said bipartisanship is dead? They're but, all out there doing their damnedest to get that money in their pockets to perpetuate the military industrial complex. And big pharma. And you know, we 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 we've talked about before, you know, 
the the percentages that are never shown. If you're a young boy getting the COVID vaccine, you are far more likely to be harmed by myocarditis than you are by uh, yeah, it's by COVID. The, uh... And people go, people go, well, it's such a small number. It's such a small number that get myocarditis. Well, guess what? It's even a smaller sure. number that die from COVID. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> no, the number is small. Like, as evidenced by the billions and billions of uh, vaccines that have been pumped out. But that number is, as small as it is, it's still big enough to where the Netherlands, the UK, Israel, Newfoundland, uh, Scandinavia, all the Baltic countries, and a lot of European countries aren't giving vaccines to kids yeah, or people under 16. We're the only country because, Dan, it's all about the fucking money. Yeah. And it's all about the narrative is all about if you. And it's not about saving lives because if it was, we would be giving these fucking vaccines to countries where guess where Omicron, Omicron came from? A poor developing country in Africa that's been begging for this fucking vaccine it's not even that about- we aren't sending to them to the point where cuba's fucking doing it <laughs> a communist country that we hate sending their vaccines to the south african country because they're not speeding up their little researches enough to reverse engineer our vaccines and it's not they even have to rely on communism to save them. it's not even about saving lives here either no it's about the money dude it's it's like we already know if I get vaccinated, Corey, doesn't help you. Guess what right. helps? Guess what helps? Helps me. It's not to say that these vaccines don't work. And that that's what you always get accused of saying. Oh, you're you're yeah. just you're just saying the vaccines don't work. No. But we have to understand what vaccines working actually it's means. If, if I get vaccinated, it helps me. And if I choose to go get vaccinated, which, by the way, I did. And good for you. I tell my parents every single day to fucking get vaccinated. It helps me. And your parents getting vaccinated helps them. It doesn't help anybody else. We all know this vi- this virus can be spread when, you, when you're vaccinated. But where was the misinformation saying that it didn't do that? <laughs> From CNN, CNN and Fox CNN. News and MSNBC, Rachel Maddow, Joe Biden, all of them are saying, if you get vaccinated, you can be in close quarters without a mask on or anything. Corey, I have to make a correction. La- last week we sloppy talk- seconds. No, yeah, last week you got some sloppy seconds from me, Dan. Yeah, something that CNN doesn't do, or when we get things wrong, we actually, you know, admit it, and because it's fucking okay. Like sometimes you get things wrong. Last week, last week we talked about uh, uh, Freedom Convoy 2022 uh, in Canada, and I, you know, I, I fell for the. I fell for the headlines saying that it was 50,000 truckers. Piece of shit. I'm a piece of shit, Corey. <laughs> it wasn't. It was more like a, it was a, it was a big number. It wasn't quite necessarily 50,000 truckers, but more people are. 49,999. No, See, he got it wrong. <laughs> uh, it wasn't. It wasn't quite that many, but it was a, it was a nice amount of truckers to the point where it's it's still. Uh, hitting the mainstream media barely There's enough. The word uh, Trudeau conveniently said, oh, "I gotta go hide." <laughs> I have COVID. Justin Trudeau, the Prime Minister of Canada, currently in hiding. By the way, he says it's because he has COVID, which is super interesting 
because he's double vaxxed and boosted while telling Canadian citizens that you have to get vaccinated to save other people. <laughs> right. Uh, and it's funny because, like, I've never actually, like, hated Trudeau. You know, the guy's smart as shit. He speaks a couple languages. I remember one time I was watching this thing, and it was, granted, it was during my uh, Trump derangement syndrome days. But he was talking <laughs> about quantum uh, computing, and I was like, God damn it, this guy's smart as shit. And we have Trump who's using words like bigly and talking about the airport during the Revolutionary War. <laughs> Why the fuck can't we have someone like this? But goddamn, now the guy, yeah, old blackface Trudeau is over there just I mean hiding out. The Orwellianism of what's going on in Canada Big brothers watch him, bro. should make uh should make Americans feel okay about what's still going on. Um oh, well there's a there's a really big trucker thing, I guess, planned here too. We're not going to be. We're not going to let the fucking Canadians show us up, are we? I'm actually going to get to that in one second, but first, I, I really do want to talk about what's going on in Canada because, like, you have the Ottawa Police Department threatening to make arrests and prosecute any officer that is helping this movement i'm gonna pl i'm gonna play that audio for you yeah, right now there is no facilitation of food water fuel logistics or funding by any member of this police service or any other police service that i am aware of let me repeat there is no supply of food water fuel logistics or anything else that relates to enabling this demonstration by any member of the Ottawa Police Service or any other police service that I am aware of. Should that information come to me, you can be clear, as Chief of Police in this service, I will conduct a full investigation. I will use the full extent of the Police Service Act and, if relevant, the criminal code to pursue charges against such a member who would do that. That was the police chief of the city of Ottawa. Wow. Absolutely incredible. That. He's taking cues from the uh, American police there. Remember when all the uh, Black Lives Matter protests were happening? And like, I don't know exactly all the rules and stipulations. So I'm not going to pretend that I have this like notepad in front of me with everything written down. But like when there's protests and stuff happening in America, the press is supposed to be unharmed. And people who actually are there to be like medics and stuff are supposed to be unharmed, like in a war zone. Meanwhile, when the protests were happening here and people were off to the side with tables set up with handing out water and stuff like that, police were showing up. And this is in America. Police were showing up and cutting the water bottles and doing things like that to people who were supporting the protesters in certain cities and stuff like that. Using the Constitution and your right mm -hmm. to protest. Yeah, abusing it. Now, we have a Constitution. In Canada, I don't think they do. I don't think they have an actual document. Like I think they're just a, a they don't free have, democracy. They don't have literal freedom of speech. Yeah, they don't they don't have Yeah, so that's that's the biggest thing and I think and I'd actually like to get into this real quick for a second. That's the biggest difference between democracy and a constitutional republic. Uh in a democracy in a lot of these countries. And people try to depend depend America as a democracy when we're actually not. If you want to get into the real stickiness of it, we're a constitutional republic. 
in a democracy, if you own land and you're by yourself, or let's say, let's make it more trivial. If you own a bike and then everyone votes that they don't want you to have that bike anymore, they can take it from you. In a constitutional republic, the constitution protects you because of a bill of rights that you can refer to the constitution that even if a 99% of the people in the country think you shouldn't have that bike, if that bike is protected by the constitution, you get to keep that bike. And I think the argument for what's what's wrong with America is the 99% that you just spoke of doesn't have a voice and the 1% right. of the corporatists are the, are yeah, the yeah, issue. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Don't that's, get me wrong. that's a legitimate argument. Yeah. Yeah, don't get me wrong. It's our constitution is bastardized because people just don't fucking understand and know what exactly we're based on. And I, I, I'm a hundred percent way more in favor of a constitutional republic than a democracy. Me- you know. Meanwhile, in Canada, you have people that are just trucking in food, trucking in supplies, trucking in water. <laughs> For all You're talking for, to people who know nothing but logistics. For all, for all, <laughs> for all of Canada, I actually, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, can I, can I pull this up? I'm gonna try. Yeah, here we go. What, this, I'm actually gonna share this. Talking, he's like, yeah, I have three weeks of food in my truck, <laughs> dude. Like all they know is logistics. All they know is like sleeping in a small space. Good luck, <laughs> yeah. Justin Trudeau. Good luck. This one, this this video is. I've been surviving on microwave bean burritos and living in this small quarter space. This video is absolutely fantastic. This and this is from people that are actual that that, that know what it's like to be in an actual authoritarian uh, communist nation. television, the best woman from Vancouver. Thank you. Show me what's happening. Ladies and gentlemen, this is from Polish, okay? from Community. Polish star. Yes. From Toronto. Oh, look what they're bringing in. They're eating better than look us. Look at all those donuts. Yeah, wow, I wish cheese. I was a trucker, man. Bread. Food. That looks like a barbecue right there. Looks like they're going to be eating really well for a really, really long time. And we bless them, that is for sure. Look at this, look at all of the provisions. Oh my goodness, and guess what? Everybody is going to want to keep sharing for months and months. Oh yeah, my assistant Liz is really eyeing up those donuts. Hi, how are you? Yes, I'm Laura Lynn Tyler Thompson, and uh, we're just presenting what's going on behind the scenes. Who are you? I'm Bernadette, and we came here with Anna from Toronto. We brought 1,550 Polish sausages for our truckers. We brought some bread and buns and Polish uh, donuts. And you know what? We know that they drive, so we didn't bring alcohol. But should they request some Polish vodka, we're very happy to bring that. Nice. Okay, that is wonderful. Why did you do this? Because we stand behind them. We come from communist country and we came here because we didn't want to have oppression. We wanted to live in a free country. And for the last two years, we're living like prisoners. We are being told to stay at home. Uh, We're told not to go to the restaurant, not to go to the church. I mean, this is unbelievable. During communism times, we were able and free to go to the church. 
and there were times over here where where we couldn't so I, I really can't can't take it anymore so I'm going to be coming here with the food weekly bi-weekly uh, every two or three days until it ends so this is it everyone all of these desperate housewives licking arms not with... housewives <laughs> business women all right business women <laughs> she's like don't she sounds like a feminist how are you to tell <laughs> how are you to tell these people that they're wrong yeah, I thought they were all Nazis out there, Dan. I thought they, they are. Were they're just they're fascists and they're horrible human beings that just they 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 want they're killing people, Corey. They want people to die. Yeah, they're all probably Joe Rogan followers. And it's 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 that it's that interesting argument of uh, that y- that you get from people that that are so <laughs> risk averse that it's like you could go outside and maybe get covid and that's what people have taken advantage that's what that's what that's what the mainstream media has taken that's what big pharma has taken advantage of it's this this idea that we are now a people that has that, that, that that's stuck inside and we're okay with that we're risk averse what kind of life is it if you literally sit inside your house all day what are you going to do? Do you want to go out and maybe get COVID and probably recover? Or do you just want to freak the fuck out and never get COVID and stay inside in some sort of Orwellian nature like these ladies you are know, talking a, about? Yeah, we're in a weird spot now where I feel like most of the people that are actually like just like, come on, bro, just get the vaccine, bro. Everything will be cool, bro. I think it's out of convenience. Yeah, just because, yeah. People are just fed up because even those people are fed up with being stuck at home. They just don't have the means and the economic advantage to take a stand, but they also want to get back to normal too. And no one's talking about that really. Let's how many people do you think just want people to get vaccinated just so they can go back to going to the bars? and partying and actually having a livelihood again and a life again to where they're in a bar and it's everyone's on the dance floor close and dancing and no one has masks on and they brush against someone and that person's sweat gets all over their arm and they're kind of like, ew, but they're drunk. So they don't really care. Like when's the last time that's happened to people? Well, in most cases you can do that. It depends on the state. It depends on the state. It depends on the jurisdiction. Like here in Michigan, we're pretty purple. And it's funny because if you listen to Whitmer's uh, State of the State address recently, it's the uh, the optics of it. It's really, really funny. So Whitmer is a fucking, going off on a little tangent here, Whitmer's a fucking tactician when it comes to politics. She's a great politician. Agree. You don't have to agree with everything she says, but this girl is fucking smart as a, or, you know, just fucking smart when it comes to this shit a year ago when she was trying to do the authoritarian thing before she got fucked by the courts with her uh her defense <laughs> authorization shit and so when she got uh kneecapped by the courts in the last state of a state of address she was like i'm here i'm doing this and she's wearing this like black leather blazer and she's up there talking saying how she's gonna take control well a year later looking kind of hot but a little greasy <laughs> that's how <laughs> yeah, i feel about later, her she was wearing a purple blazer. And guess what some of her biggest talking points were? Lowering taxes and keeping kids in schools. Because guess what? 
She saw fucking McAuliffe just lose in Virginia over fucking schools <laughs> to a Republican. Uh, what's his name? Uh, McAuliffe lost. It was oh, I can't think of his name. Did you lose your? Did you lose it already? I can, yeah, I can't think of the guy's name. He was the uh, the Republican guy who won the just governor of Virginia, and so she came out and made it clear that Youngkin. schools need to yeah yeah Yunkin. She came out and made it real clear that the schools need to stay open. We're cutting taxes and was kind of like uh, was uh, praising the bipartisanship in the country. And it's like, yeah, no, girl, you can't pretend to be this Democrat like you're like straight up like we're a blue state. You got to go to both sides because Michigan's pretty purple. But she's smart. She knew that. Yeah, no military. She's probably going to win again in 2022. The Republicans, I feel like, gave up on uh, Michigan. There ain't nobody. But there's this one girl, Tudor, who was down in Florida. Tell me, Dan, how the fuck does a Michigan person, a Michigan, uh, oh, man, I'm I'm losing the word. Someone running for governor for Michigan. Gubernatorial candidate? Yeah, yeah, gubernatorial (laughs) candidate. She was in Florida doing a campaign fundraiser with Trump at Mar-a-Lago. Because fuck the Michigan constituents, right? I thought that was. I thought, I thought she was a, a state rep. No, Tudor. She's running for governor. Oh, is she? Okay, yeah, I'm I, pretty sure. I believe you. Either way, it doesn't matter. Why the fuck are you a Mar- even whether she's a state rep or a gubernatorial candidate? Why the hell is she down in Florida? Because it's the trend that everything's going to federal. And you know, and it, it really does piss me off. That, it, like, it is the like, way that's a our thing. constitution was set up is we were sovereign states with a federal government that's an overseer. When you read the Federalist Papers, that's what they intended when they created the federal the federal government. Well, that's why common, that's why you common, and I both get upset when we hear people like gas prices are high. Thanks, Uncle Joe, or uh, the stock market is shitty. Fuck Donald Trump. It's like <laughs> it's just like. <laughs> this is that's not how our government was designed. The, the the president has nothing to do with the stock market. The president has nothing to do with gas prices. That's all people focus on is what the president is or is not doing, which by the way, regardless of which party he and someday she is in, it's always the same. It's always yeah, the same. It is. And it pisses me off too because, like, when you see people talk about stuff like that, it's, uh, I don't think people realize just how much of, like, even though it's not all about one person at the presidency, but like how much power they actually do have. Uh, kind of going off on a tangent here. Um, recently we were talking about meat prices, right? Like, meat prices are skyrocketing and stuff like that. All Joe, all Joe Biden did was come out and talk about trying to break up the trust for the meat industry. And meat prices dropped like 2.33% or something like that. And he could be doing more shit like that, but he doesn't. Because <laughs> he doesn't give a fuck. He needs a minute. He needs, to, he needs to take a bubble bath. He needs to take a bubble bath. He needs to take a Viagra. He needs to do, do things with his Dr. Jill wife and then get back to really, really running the country. That's what I right. think. No, I don't know if you have anything else. I think we're running out of gas here. Uh, How woke is too woke? Oh, shit. Yeah. Okay, before we do that, 
I wanted to share this. Uh, Jake Armitage, I think he's a new viewer, new listener. I want to give him a shout out. He said this earlier and I was like, yeah, no, he's absolutely right. <laughs> he just said these political cults need to chill. And he's basically summing up the whole show. <laughs> yeah, basically sounds like something Joe Rogan would say. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> Quickly, so, before we go, how woke is too woke, Corey? Would you like me to set this up for you? Yeah, go ahead and set that up for me. How woke is too woke? LGBTQI plus Muslim Aussie rules football player sits out a game over quote unquote pride jerseys. And the reason we we brought this up for how woke is too woke is because I'm not sure who wins the victim Olympics here. Who wins the victim yeah, Olympics? Is it the Muslim or is it the trans community? I don't know. There's that hierarchy of uh, victims. And it seems like right now that the trans community is obviously on top. Do you have it in front of you? Where does it go? Is it the, the, the article? Yeah. What's what's the young woman's name? She's a she's a pre- predominant player in Australian rules football for on the on the women's Hanin's side. Hanin Zrika. Yeah, she's apparently one of the best players in the league. I used to I don't know if you know this, Corey, but Australia Rules football used to be on like ESPN two at like two o'clock in the morning when I was like eight years old and I would watch this. Are you familiar with this game? Not at all. So Australia, it's rugby, right? It's essentially rugby. There's a couple of different rules. Uh, it's got, uh, it, instead of, in rugby, you can drop kick the ball through the uprights, but there's only one set of uprights. But for some reason in Australia rules football, there's like three. And you can you can kick, there's a couple of different rules. But it's basically rugby, yes. <laughs> I okay. didn't explain anything just now. Nobody cares. <laughs> I, I don't. You'd have to. I don't even know how fucking rugby's played. I've watched the game and it's fucking insane. It's really funny actually because one of the girls in my house right now, one of my wife's friends, actually played rugby in the college, and it just looks like a brutal fucking great sport. And I wish that we saw more of it on TV. It but, is. You can either kick. You can either drop kick the ball through for one point, or you can get it into yeah, what, what American what people scrubs, would call they. You, you would call they the build end zone. pyramids on the field, and they tackle each other, and they just beat the shit out of each other. And there's no pads. There's no safety regulations. There's no like. There's no fucking, forward passing. Yeah, it's all laterals. Yeah, and you have to get the ball into what American football fans would call the end zone for a try. How much is a, make a goal? How much is a try worth, Corey? Do you know make that? A basket. Do you know the answer to that question? How much is a Was try it like three worth? Points? It's worth five. Okay. And oh, then you shit. get then you get to, two points off. Then you get what what would be the rugby equivalent of an extra point afterwards, where you kick it, but you have to kick it at the angle from which you scored the try. So if you score it off in the corner, you have to kick the you have to kick the goal from that angle. Like from the sideline, but if you score more towards the middle of the field, now you get to kick the goal from more of a straight-on position. So it's it's very strategic, and that kick is worth two extra points. So you get three points, and the extra points worth two. You get five for the try. Oh, and then the extra and you point get is two, two for the extra kick. Points. Yes. Nobody cares. Wild. We should. Rugby sounds like a badass sport. Anyway, Australia rules football. What do you do? What do you do? You got a Muslim player who doesn't want to wear a pride jersey. What do you do? You know, they probably don't. They probably think she's like 
I don't want to say Americanized, but Australianized because she's not wearing a hijab. Mm-mm-mm. Oh, that is a good point. That is a good point. She is. She does not wear a hijab. Yeah, I don't know. I guess uh, based on what we've seen with uh, Dave Chappelle and all the other narratives, I think that the uh, the LGBT community uh, surpasses everything right now. Not Muslims. Where Muslims at one point were, you know, the people that were like ostracized and really, really like oppressed and stuff in our country because of 9-11 and things like, even though this is in Australia, but like Muslims were definitely a group of people that was oppressed. Like not, I don't want to say oppressed, but uh, definitely singled out and like really shit on. So, so she loses. She loses. She loses not the according vic- to me or you. She, she loses according to the hierarchy okay, of she, who's the most. She loses the victim Olympics. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough to lose the victim Olympics. You and I, as being cisgender white males, will never win the victim Olympics ever. That's okay. <laughs> I got my I got my white privilege. I'm good with it. Yeah, I'm not, I don't I don't <laughs> I don't need to lose the victim Olympics. Yeah, it's it's yeah. Or win the victim Olympics. Like, who gives a fuck? If say. she doesn't want to wear the fucking jersey, don't let her wear the fucking jersey. It's religion. It's her personal religion. She has we to talk s- about religious freedom and religious rights all the goddamn time. How she- the hell could this girl have to sit out because her personal religious beliefs? Like, what does this prove? What does this do? Does this stop oppression of LGBTQ people in countries like China or like Belarus where like they're killed or in Afghanistan where they're thrown off buildings? Or Uyghurs in China, by the way, Corey. Don't forget about the Uyghurs. Oh, the Muslims? Yeah. Yeah. Victim Olympics are tough. getting killed in China. We should make that a a weekly segment, the Victim Olympics. Where Corey and I always lose. We should do that throughout the Olympics. The Olympics is going on for the next two weeks, Corey. We should do Victim Olympics every week. (laughs) (laughs) And big shocker, we lose. Who would we actually win? Who would we actually beat? We would beat a neo-Nazi. Nazis. That's about it. Yeah, we beat the Nazis. But they're white. God damn those (laughs) bastards. Really well, let's see. Ruin let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Like, wait, Corey. I grew up Catholic, so that's got to give me points over Protestant. Uh, Fuck no, it doesn't. I think it does. No, fucking Catholics are the ones that are known for raping little kids. And <laughs> yeah, you're done for, bud. I guess that's true. But we've only had one Catholic president. And no, it- we have two. We had Kennedy, and who was the other one? Biden. Oh, Biden's a Catholic? I didn't, didn't even know. didn't mm-hmm. care. <laughs> yeah, Biden's Catholic. Because people were saying, he's not a real Catholic because he's pro-choice. That's, you okay. remember all yeah. that shit? I'm not really a Catholic anymore anyway, but I was raised <laughs> Catholic. I got I got shit on by like other white people up the hierarchy. <laughs> If I ever get back into a corner about shit like that, I just pull out the card that my family fought for the North <laughs> in the Civil War. And I'm like, thank God my family has always been on the right side of history. Nazis and, and that's what I honestly that's what I try to do for like for the sake of my kids. Nazis and Kid Rock are like the only people we win over in the victim hierarchy. 
Kid Rock is actually, he has black kids. <laughs> he beats you, man. He has more black people in his family than you do. Son of a bitch. Yeah, you're fucked. Dude. Even Kid Rock beats me. Yeah. And, and you have black siblings. I'm done for. Yeah, you fuck you, you <laughs> fucking white supremacist racist. I might as well kill myself. I can't believe I'm doing a podcast with this asshole, yeah. guys. Yeah, this white <laughs> cisgendered. Look at him. He's blonde. He's got his hair slicked back like an asshole. I can't Bond, believe hair, it. Blue eyes. You're done for, bud. I don't have blue eyes. They're green. Yeah, that's that's what a Nazi. That's enough. Like. Put down the mic. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, uh, is that it? Are we just are we? Uh... God, I hope so. This somebody's got to write this listing ship. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. You know, it's it's always fun. We just try to uh, call the balls and strikes on the left and right. Uh, if you enjoy what you hear, make sure to like, follow, and listen, and subscribe. And give us a review. It helps us get our... Uh, uh, it shakes up the algorithms so we can uh, reach out to more people that probably like just a, uh, a lighthearted conversation that's unbiased. Um, you can find us on Pod on Instagram and Twitter. You can find us at Libservative on Facebook. You can reach out to us direct, directly at Libservative at gmail.com or no, LibservativePod at gmail.com. You can find our blogs where, we can, where you can read all of our monologues at LibservativePod.wordpress.com. Uh, we go live every Friday right now. Um, like, follow, and share. Come hang out. Join the conversation. We constantly post new things where we try to engage with the audience. Um, and if you like what you hear, just tell a friend. We don't expect you to share things and do all sorts of stuff like that. Just, I'm sure you have a friend you talk to politics with. Tell him where you heard what you heard while on the show. And until next week, he's been Dan Griffin. He's been Corey Walsh. This has been one of the worst episodes we've ever done, but we love you anyway. <laughs> no, it's, I mean they've all been they've all been bad. <laughs> I'm having a great time. <laughs> yeah, me too. This has been Libservative. You heard Corey Walsh find us in all those places. And until next time, we are out of here.